being reasonable. Now heard on WHUPLP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough, and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we speak with Pastor Burke Wilson from Grace Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Pastor Wilson discusses his belief that Jesus is God. So let's speak with Pastor Burke Wilson from Grace Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jesus Christ uh, was and is the Son of God, God in the flesh, came to earth, you know, died for our sins and rose physically to uh, offer hope to anyone. And uh, that, uh, that guides my life. I mean, as far as it's not just enough to pray a prayer, but I follow him because he's the risen Lord. And I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I grew up, yeah, in the South, in the Bible Belt. Uh, but it was pretty much, I mean, I knew about Christianity. Um, you know, my mom would get me to vacation Bible school, so I learned it. But I was pretty much on my own. I, when I say on my own, very aggressive for myself and just kind of looked at people as in my way. And then uh, some things happened that really kind of woke my eyes, woke my heart up, really, not just my eyes and my brain up. But I just woke up and realized, man, I have really offended God by the way I've been living Hmm. and um, that I needed Jesus. And so I surrendered to him one day and said, Jesus, take take over, make me the person you want me to be. Uh, On a scale from one to seven, how confident are you in your belief? I'd say seven. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it to you to believe in things that are true? A seven. How do you know that it is true? I, I do believe you can know history. And, and when I look at the evidence of the history, and I know um, the, the thing that really gripped me was first you know, reading in the Old Testament and seeing the prophecies about the Messiah and, and, and seeing that God had told you know, for centuries that he was going to send a Savior. And then seeing the life of Jesus, that when he entered into the world, there were so many prophecies that he entered, like being born in Bethlehem, uh, uh, just uh, the, the, the time period of, um, of uh, when he was born, and, and then the, the life he lived. And you know everybody knows Jesus lived, um, for most rational people. I mean, some people try to deny it, but when you, really, you, know, when you know history, you know that he, Jesus, there was a Jesus of Nazareth, we know that he was very popular for you know uh, about three years, and he was a miracle worker. Some even some historians who were not Christians called him, uh, um, you know, into witchcraft. But you know, he was doing miracles. 
uh, he was proving, uh, you know, again, that validated another prophecy from Isaiah 35 that the Messiah would perform miracles and uh, that he was crucified on a cross and he was buried. And three days later, his tomb was empty and his immediate followers who were basically, you know, I, I you know, heard it said he, they were scared, spitless. And then after three days of, of uh, being in the tomb, their lives radically changed. And they said, he is alive. They've touched him. And so just looking at the history and seeing not just the history of Jesus, but also the history of the men and women who said they physically, they phys- physically saw him and what happened. I mean, Thomas went all the way to India. Andrew went up to you know, Russia. Matthew went down into Africa. And they just they gave their life for that fact. You know, and it, and I, I think a good friend of mine reminded me, he said, you know, Christianity is not based on faith. It's based on the truth. And everybody has faith. We just, what is the object of our faith? And so when I looked at the truth of history and the truth of Jesus and how he met with the prophecies, it was like, and I also the truth of my sin. I mean, you know, the, the, the weight of my sin and shame that I was carrying, and I realized that my only hope was Jesus because he made a promise to free him. So it seems like the main reason that you know this is true is because of history. Well, I would say history, but I would say God really stepped in and kind of showed himself in, in a, to where it, all the history and everything came together. Let's say Tommy is sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. And Tommy practices Islam, mm-hmm. and Tommy prays to Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And when you ask Tommy, why do you believe that Muhammad is a god? Tommy says, well, it's because of history, and I can show you the Quran and how all these things happened in this book. And that has revealed the truth to me, that Muhammad is God, Mm -hmm. how do we distinguish what you say is true versus what Tommy says is true? Well, I'd I'd go back to history. You know, Muhammad never claimed to be God. He, um, he actually, he never even claimed to be a prophet. Um, The, uh, you know, there, there are some errors in the Quran, I I would say, and look at the man, I, you know, the, the, uh, uh, so let's let's start looking at the Bible together and the Quran, and and, um, and compare. I mean, because even the Quran begins with the thought of when it says we gave the commands to Moses. So they even start, even though they deny that Jesus is God, um, they deny that God is three. You know, they believe that Christians believe that we worship three gods, and we worship one God, three persons, and, and so it's it's unique, but. I, I would just start saying, yeah, you've been taught that. Um, you know, we're all taught certain things, and because of maybe family or you know even birth order and and you know whatnot, uh, we we and pain in our life, we have our certain beliefs, and then there does come a time where we've got to evaluate. I mean, you know, you look at Nabil Qureshi, where grew up Muslim, and yet he looked at reality and saw what the Quran really taught and what the Bible really taught about Jesus. Well, what yeah. if Tommy is sitting next to you and Tommy says, well, there are errors in the Bible, and uh, the only reason why you're Christian is that you grew up in an area or a family that is Christian, and then if you knew what I knew, uh, if you knew the relationship I had with Muhammad, 
And if I could show you this in the Quran, then most likely you would see it my way. How could we distinguish? What test could we employ to know whose God is true? Let's say I'm a third person and I just want to know true things. I just want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And I don't and I don't want to believe in false things. Mm-hmm. How can I distinguish between what Tommy is saying and what you are saying? Yeah. Well, again, I, I'd go to Tommy and I'd say, um, well, one, that's a good question. I first am I said, what errors in the Bible are you talking about? Because um, we, we've been told they're errors, and there are hard sayings. They're, they're hard sayings. They're paradoxes. I mean, you know, uh, but I, I have not found a true error, you know, um, and I would, I would ask Tommy, I said, what errors are you talking about? But let's, again, let's look at what did, um, I would go back to the Old Testament because— Are you saying that if you were shown errors in your Bible, then you would no longer believe it's true? If there were true errors, I, I would begin to say, what is it? Is it an error by the interpretation? Um, or is it, you know, is it a true error? I mean, that, that's where the, the, there are things that I would, I would question there. But I would go back to like with Tommy, I would say, well, you know, one thing I think we can agree on is the Old Testament. So let's start looking at what did Jesus or what did God um, say about our state and what he was going to do. And so I, I, we, we just, we'd look through the Old Testament, what we could agree on, and then start saying, because there was a promise of a Messiah. And, and you know, and so I'd say, Tommy, you, you understand that you being Muslim, you understand, because they claim Jesus is the Messiah. They just don't believe Jesus is the God Messiah. Um, and so we try to start with common ground. Let me do a different thought experiment. Okay. Right. And I've only done this thought experiment once before, and I don't, I don't want to be offensive, and I don't. If I am, let me know. Okay, okay, because yeah. that's not my goal uh, with a thought experiment. Let's say that I told you that your God is not God; I am God. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> what questions would you have for me if I told you that? Oh gosh. Um... I I don't know whether I have any questions for you. I would, would you would you take it on face value? <laughs> would you believe that I am? Or, no, I, oh, I okay. wouldn't believe that. I I uh, wouldn't believe uh, you know just the uh, uh, yeah. I I would probably ask. I said, well, you know, Mark, have you ever lied? And uh, you know, if have you ever stolen? Have you ever looked on someone uh, with a lustful fault? you're not married to. I mean, because I, I do believe there is a God who is morally perfect and who's never lied, who never stolen, is never lusted. You know, even Jesus, I, I don't, you know, don't believe and understand that he lusted. He was without sin. He asked his, his enemies, which of you commit, um, convict me of sin? And they were silent. And so, but I, yeah, if somebody started saying they, they, they were God, I, I would say, well, prove it. What, you what know, if I said, Sure, I've lied and I've stolen and uh, I've lusted, but that aside, uh, I'm still a god. You're still god. Yeah. So, well, I, I'd probably, <laughs> I'd, uh, I would say, well, you're, you're a god in your little old world, but it, uh, it's, you're not the god I'm going to serve. Um, Why? I, what is it that you know about me that I don't know? What can you see about my claim of being god 
that I can't see? Oh, um, well, I, I think it, it does come down to just, I, I think in, in all of us, we have a sense that there is truth, that there is justice. And, and in other words, you know, when, when we see someone lie, when we uh, see injustice, there's something inside of us that just rises up in, in anger or just we, we, there's a moral altness. And so I would say if you say you're God, but you still lie or steal, I, I, I would say, well, you're, you're not the God. You may be a God, like, you know, you know but uh, I mean, because in one sense, all of us kind of view ourselves as a God. You know, that, that's our big problem. We, we think we control our universe. Um, but I, I, would, I know I'm not really answering your question because I've, really, I've never really had a conversation like that. I, um, the, uh, but there was, again, that was something with me. I, I started realizing why, you know, like when my parents got divorced, you know, I wasn't a Christian, but I was so angry at that. And then I started thinking, why am I angry at that? And, and I started thinking that there's, there's a moral altness of, of marriage that should be. And so... But if I, you're saying that you're having this anger about that, mm-hmm. and then I tell you, well, what you should do in this case is you should believe in me because I am God. I'm trying to yeah. understand what is it that you can figure out about me that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I, I hope I'm making myself clear. I'm trying to... The reason why I'm doing this is it helps me know how you know what you know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you can tell me why I'm not a God, then I think that kind of gets us closer, maybe? Okay. Well, again, what's your definition of God? I am all-powerful. I know what's happened in the future. I know what's happened in the past. I can read people's thoughts. I can answer prayers. If there's one God, I'm that God. If there's many gods, I'm all those gods, too. Uh-huh. What's my wife's name? So are you saying the ability... Well, you just claimed that you knew all things. Right. So I just asked you a question. What's my wife's name? I don't know. Okay. So you must not be God. By your definition, because you said by your definition, you know all things. And then when I asked you what my wife's name was, you didn't know. Are you saying that if someone prayed to Jesus, tell me my wife's name, and they heard no answer then Jesus wouldn't be God? Is that a test for a God? Well, I, I think there's several tests. You know, do you know all things? You know, um, have, can you, like Jesus was tested. You know, um, the, the miracles he performed, it was done open, open you know, in public. And, um, and they were questioning whether, is this of God? Is this of Satan? I mean, something supernatural is going on. And then even, you know, he was a sinless. Uh, he, uh, he accepted worship. Um, now, a lot of people accept worship, but if he was not God, then, um, and he was Jewish, then he, he should have been stoned for accepting worship. Um, he, he healed the sick. He, he forgave sins. Uh, he rose people from the dead. Um, Interesting. I do all those things. You do. Show me. So, I can't show you. Yeah. So, see, that, that'd be the difference between Jesus and you. You say it, but so again— I asked Jesus to show me miracles mm-hmm. and they didn't happen, 
does that mean Jesus doesn't exist as God? No, because again, I, I think in my thinking, what's, what's coming across is you're looking at Jesus like a Santa Claus, like, you know, well, he, or, you know, he's a wish granter. Well, don't you look know? at me like a Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, just because there were times even Jesus, he was asked for a miracle and he said, you know, only a rebellious and, and sinful generation asked for a miracle. He did miracles, but when people tried to say, well, prove that you're God by your miracles, well, he, he did miracles. He wasn't, he wasn't there for their beck and call. He was God. He, 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 do, he didn't do anything without um, con, uh, you know, agreement with the Father. And so there, there were no miracles he performed unless he and the Father were together on that. So I, I think just by us asking, I mean, sometimes he knows that if I ask him that, you know, like, again, I'll go back to my story. Um, I like I said, I wasn't a Christian, but I was going, starting to go to a Bible study. And when I was younger, um, a friend of mine and I were at a movie theater and we were molested by an old drunk woman. And, and mm. so we, we got out of the theater. We didn't really tell anybody. I mean, it was like, it was just gross what she did. And we wow. just, we just, you know, we were little kids. I mean, we we're like 10 years old. Yeah. And, uh, so I didn't realize how that affected me until sure. I was walking this Bible study and, there was this old drunk woman on the corner of the road asking for help. And uh, I, I just, instead of compassion, mm. I just was, just anger swelled up in me. I went to the Bible study, told them, uh, the lead, leader of the Bible study, they went and took care of her. But I went, remember going to bed that night saying, God, why was I so angry? Why I wanted to help her, but I didn't. I wanted to kick her teeth in, mm. you know, being a 17 year old at that time. And there was just an anger in me. And God, in a very unique way, showed me that I was still locked to my pain. So that, I think, was he did answer that prayer. He hadn't answered all my prayers, yes, but he answered that and some other prayers, um, you know, very clearly to where I saw, yeah, I can trust this Jesus. Yeah, and that seems to be a very poignant story that you had experienced pain in your life and you prayed to Jesus and your life changed for the yeah. better. Yeah. Well, it showed me, again, there was something inside of me that needed to be addressed, that it wasn't just, you know, become more knowledgeable. There was something inside that I didn't know how to figure this out and that Jesus said he wanted to heal my soul, not just my brain. Where I'm left is, let's say somebody comes to me and says that they're hurting, and I tell them that I have the answer as a God, and I say some things, and they feel better, what does that say about me being a real God? Does that make sense? Well, see, I don't know, because I mean, because you and I, hopefully, we say encouraging things to people who are struggling, that doesn't right. make us God. That doesn't make me a God, or does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't oh, make you okay. or me a God. I mean, because, I mean, again, you know, the, from my understanding now, I mean, I didn't have this understanding, but, you know, we were created in the image of God, every human being. And yet also, we chose to walk away from God. And, and we've kind of set up our own little kingdom. And so we're now struggling with the thought that, okay, I am, even though we might say it, because again, for, for decades now, we've been suppressing 
that reality that there is an afterlife and that there is a God. And so there's a tension now with people. How do we know that? How do we -hmm. we know that God created us in his image? Mm -hmm. I well, I think that's part of God revealing himself to us. I think there's because God has, I believe, placed eternity in our heart. Um, There's something he has placed in us, but we've walked away from it. There's still a longing for the divine. If that wasn't the case, and I'm not saying this is the case, but if that wasn't true, how would we know that that's not true? How could we tell? Well, I I think there's certain tests. I mean, like, uh, as far as what is true, does it match with reality? Um, As far as... uh, I mean, even right now, you know, uh, I don't know whether you've ever heard of the Truth Project, but uh, it's a very, you know, it's a 13-week series about just understanding what is truth, how do you discover it. Um, but I, I think there, there is, truth is based on reality, and when, when we look at the reality, and, and so again, that there's, I go back to the reality of Jesus' life, his claims. We, we know that there is a Jesus. We know that he claimed that he was God. Um, he, you know, we, we know that he performed miracles. We know that he was crucified. So that reality. But, but back to the thought experiment, if I say the same thing, that I am God, and someone is sitting next to you and they just want to know the truth, I'm still left with how do we know this? How are we distinguishing between your claim of Jesus being God versus my claim is true that I'm God because I say I do all those things. I say I do miracles and I say I help the world and I and I I, I say those things. Yeah, well, I say let's validate it. Okay. Let, let's find a series of people, even some people who might be enemies of yours, who would validate that you've done that. So how could we validate it? Well, like, again, specifically, you, you, how could we do that? I mean, I, I really want to know, like, how how could we answer? Yeah. I think you, you do validate it by, you know, um, looking at the credibility of the eyewitnesses. You know, if, you, if you've got people who say that you perform miracles, then let's look at their credibility. If we find out that, you know, you paid them a hundred bucks, you know, to say that, then we'd say, well, they said it, you know, um, but it's not very valid because they're, they're not credible. Um, so you look at the credibility of the eyewitnesses. You look at the consistency of their story because, again, even when, when I, I've never been arrested, you know, but I, I understand like when, you know, um, investigators investigate a, a situation, that if, they, if they hear the exact same story from all the witnesses, they just know intuitively something's not right. There's going to be some slight inconsistency, but is it a consistent theme? So credibility of the eyewitnesses, the consistency of the story— um, so if someone asked you the question, why do you believe in Jesus as God, you would say it's because of the credibility of the witnesses to the miracles. That'd be one of them. Uh, again, you, you look at um, the credibility. That's, that's a big one, I think, um, because, uh, but also look at, um, you know, the consistency of their story of, uh, you know, how they... um, So are you saying if someone could show you, and I'm not saying this is the case, that whoever were the people who lent credibility to the miracles were shown to be incredible, uh, not incredible, non-credible, then you wouldn't believe it anymore? If, 
If there was enough evidence to overthrow their testimony, I, I'd question it. I, I, but but see, I, I guess when I nobody's shown up to say that to say what to, to um, when you look at the credibility of the eyewitnesses. So if someone that, could show you that the credibility of the eyewitnesses to these stories of miracles were in fact false, then you wouldn't believe what you believe. Probably so. I mean, again, but again, it's not just the, you gotta, the, when I look at the, um, when you look at antiquity, when you look at history. Would anything change your faith? Um, at this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. I, I, I've, I've, because it, again, faith, Christian faith is based on truth. Um, and, you know, because it, it what talks What does faith about, mean? Faith is your response to evidence, basically. Everybody has faith. Like when you go through a green light. So faith is it, evidence. Well, faith is based on evidence. Like again, you, you, um, you're going through a green light in a traffic intersection uh, and your faith has told you that it's green, I'm free. Now, um, that, that doesn't mean somebody doesn't run the red light, but, um, but we all have faith in something. We all, uh, based on the evidence, we make these decisions. So what is the difference between faith and evidence then? Maybe that'll help me. Well, again, I, I think evidence drives us to faith, to make a decision for the future. Like, um, If you have evidence that there are chickens in my yard, would you need faith that there are chickens in my yard? Well, not if I see the chickens, and I see the chickens. Okay, so, so that's just evidence. Yeah, that's evidence. I mean, like if I see eggs and I see chicken poop yeah. and I see feathers and um, I... That's evidence. That's evidence. Is that and faith so, that chickens exist? Well, I think, it, well, again, if I don't see them um, and maybe I hear them and I'll, I'll say, Mark, you know, you, how, many, how many chickens you have? Even though I haven't seen the chickens physically, I see the evidence. So I'm assuming, I, I'm a trusting um, the thing, like uh, faith, you know, like in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it says that faith is an assurance of things hoped for. The, and uh, the King James puts it a little clearer, the evidence of things not seen. And so, the, the, again, the, it's, uh, um, there's not blind faith. I don't think Christianity is blind faith. Based on this evidence, I have taken a step of faith, uh, just like I took a faith to drive over here and meet you and be interviewed uh, I, I, on the evidence of that email and, um, and then looking up that you're a legit guy, you know, I drove. And so that was faith. That's an aspect of faith. So uh, that's how I look at it. I, I look at it, you know, just uh, based on the evidence, um, the, uh, you make that decision. Uh, like, again, the, the, uh, there's evidence that we actually landed on the moon. Are there people that believe we don't? Have we didn't land on the moon? Yeah, but again, based on the evidence, we Do you have faith that we landed on the moon. Yeah, I have. I wasn't there. I've seen the moon. I haven't. I haven't met anybody who landed on the moon. But based on the evidence, I would. That's an aspect of faith that we landed on the moon. Now, am I going to base my life on it? No. You know, if somebody says they put a gun in my head and said, you know. Um, if you don't believe we land on the moon, I'm going to blow your brains out. I say, whoa, I, you know, that's not that big a deal. But when it comes to Jesus, I, I would because I have, I've seen the significance of that as far as changing my life.
all things remaining equal, would you rather have evidence that Jesus is a God or faith that Jesus is a God? Well, see, I, I, I think, Mark— th- You're this just is, using the words interchangeably. Yeah, because okay. I think— um, Evidence is Based faith, on the evidence. Faith it's is like evidence. in a court of law, when they present the evidence, they don't say, you've got to make this um, decision beyond a shadow of a doubt. But do they, they say you have to present the faith? They present the evidence, and the jurors, by faith, render a, a verdict. Faith in? In the evidence. So Because they weren't there. So they're saying, but you're saying they're having evidence in the evidence, or faith in the faith. No, faith in the evidence. They're looking at the evidence. But you're telling and, me both words are the same. And I'm no, just, no, 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 okay. no, I'm sorry. Okay. No, taking this set of evidence, mm-hmm. I draw a conclusion and I make an, a step of a, an action. I take an action. Okay. So the, the evidence allows us to take this step of faith. The jurors presented with this evidence, they then make a decision of faith that the person's either guilty or not guilty. We'll explore that in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm confused. No, I, you I'm know. Not, it's my fault, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. What we were discussing is that you said at this point in your life, you mentioned that there was probably nothing that could come along and shake your faith at this point. At this point, yeah. Is it useful for someone, and not I'm not talking about you just generally, for someone to believe in anything, anything that can't be shown to be false. To believe in anything that can't be shown to be false. That, that's an interesting question as far as how to address that. And I'm, I'll be honest, Mark, I'm not sure how to answer that. For example, I am a God. And no matter what anybody says to me, I will believe that I am a God. You can't tell me otherwise. I will believe it forever. Okay. Is that a useful belief to have? No, that's not a useful because again, I go back to by your definition of God and you've you've uh, you've you've shown you've violated your definition. So how did I violate my well, definition? Well, you didn't know my wife's name. And you didn't know other things. I mean, you know, so you you claim that you you know all things and uh, and that uh you so you're saying miracles. That if- but I also asked, I said, give me some proof, give me some evidence, give me some eyewitnesses that validate, are they credible, are they consistent? Okay, but you're uh, saying that if yeah. your God couldn't know, if your God didn't know your wife's name, <laughs> then that God was not a God. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm saying by your definition, and I, I'm saying, okay, let me let me talk to some eyewitnesses who have validated that you've done this. You're not just claiming it to yourself. Give, talk, let me have a set of eyewitnesses. Are they credible? Are they consistent? Are they numerous? You know, is it just one or two or is it very numerous? Because again, when you look at even the, the... But what if I told you I don't need your evidence? I am God and I believe it and you can't show me otherwise. Well, if I, you know, I, I'd grieve for you, but I probably wouldn't try to persuade you to think otherwise. I'd probably... Well, the reason why I'm telling the, you this is uh, that... Sanitarium. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying this is that I have a belief that can't be falsified. I have a belief that can't be shown that it is incorrect if it's incorrect. And my point is, is it useful to have any belief whatsoever that can't be shown to be incorrect? Because if it can't be shown to be incorrect, then how do we know it's really true?
We continue our conversation with Pastor Burke Wilson as he discusses his belief that Jesus is God, coming up after this short break.
point is, is it useful to have any belief whatsoever that can't be shown to be incorrect? Because if it can't be shown to be incorrect, then how do we know it's really true? Well, again, you're getting into like, you know, you're deciding whether, you know, uh, the evidence presented would be falsifying or not. I, you know, the, uh, we're, the way I'm looking at it, um, because when I'm asking you, who are your eyewitnesses? And you're not giving me any. But I'm telling yeah. you, yeah. I can give you why, uh, eyewitnesses or not. It doesn't matter because I'm still God and you can't show me otherwise. Well, it's not a matter of whether I can show you. I'm not Nobody here Nobody can to, show me otherwise. Yeah. I can't show myself otherwise. Yes. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, yeah, you can't even show yourself. But no. again, for me, and, and I think not just for me, for, for most rational people, we, we base decisions on evidence and those based on the evidence. But what difference yeah. does evidence make if you can never show that your belief is not true? What you're saying is, is that well, I think you who have are the evidence, jurors? but if but who the are the evidence, jurors in that case, but you have evidence, but if the evidence really doesn't matter, because in the end, you're going to believe it. Well, again, you know, again, I go back to the court of law, you know, um, because let's say you're on trial for being God and the evidence presented says that you're not and the jurors decide you're not you know that well you still can believe you're god but you'll be heading off to a you know padded cell um but uh the uh the the, the jurors are out and they've said no you're not so you you've got that's what i'm saying faith if that's that's the jurors it's like god's on trial jesus is on trial you know look at the evidence and is it reliable is it credible is it consistent and but, has it been passed down accurately? And I, I think I'm following you, but I think what you're telling me, though, is that you have evidence, and, and the evidence is reliable, and I'm not challenging that. What I'm saying is, is that even if that evidence was found to be less than reliable or something were to happen, that wouldn't falsify your belief. You'd still believe it. Well, no, if the evidence was shown that you know, the, that there were no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that they, that their stories were, you know, made up and they made a huge profit deal out of it. Um, and that, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was false evidence. Then, yeah, then I would say, yeah, Jesus, you know, isn't God. But again, when you, when you look at how they communicated, what they went through, they gave their lives for this evidence to be passed on. But the problem is we don't want to really submit to Jesus. We still want to be our own God. We want to, we want to decide what's right and wrong. We want to decide what's good for me rather than be back in harmony with God through Jesus Christ. If I am deciding what is right and wrong or I'm relying on a God to decide what is right and wrong, how do I make the distinction? Well, you know, for that, I would say now, I, I say, you, you look at the Bible, God clearly says what's right and wrong. Like that's, you know, the Ten Commandments, that's kind of the standard of, you know, have you ever lied? Could someone believe in the value of not lying and being a, a moral person and being a nice person without the belief in God? Well, again, there, there are plenty of people who do that, but that's not really the issue. The issue is what happens after this life ends. Because until this generation... I mean, whether you're a Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim or Christian or Jew, there was this thought, and there is this thought in those philosophies 
that there is an afterlife. There's some type of afterlife. Even with Hindus, there's a reincarnation that your choices here affect that next life. So a lot of religions believe this. A lot of that. But this generation, over the last probably 50, 60 years, we've been in kind of like we've been pushed with the thought there is no afterlife. And so... How do we know that there is? Well, again, I would say Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead and he said there's an afterlife. There's evidence that he physically rose from the dead. What if I say that I'm God and there's really no afterlife? I'm here to tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) I would say, well... You you give me your evidence, but I've got Jesus, and he physically. I'm going to go with a guy who rose from the dead. But I, my evidence is myself. You have an evidence right. myself who's God. That's right. no better evidence than a God telling myself God right. what the truth is. Well, it, I, well, again, I would say, all right, let's go ahead. Let's uh, set up a time where you die, and if you come back to life, I'll believe you. But Jesus, you know. He rose from the dead after three days. I mean, I, I've been in, I've been in a hospital where somebody died and then thirty seconds later revived, you know. But Jesus was physically killed. He was scourged, put in a tomb. Three days later, he's out. And I just, I'm, there may be a lot of questions, but right now, I just go with the guy who rose from the dead. I rose from the dead. Well, who are the evidence? Let me show. Let me hear the me. eyewitnesses. I'm God. Me. Yeah, but no, I, I need to know evidence. I need to know people other than you. Because a testimony, a, a matter is confirmed by the testimony of more than just one person. No, but wouldn't the testimony of a God be better than the testimony of people? Because that's me. I'm God, and I'm telling you. Well, the I want to see the evidence. I, for me to put my faith in you being God, I've got to have evidence. But wouldn't you rather put your evidence in a God telling you something versus people Not telling you something? Not just telling me something. You've got, you got to prove it. People proving you something versus a God proving you something. Well, God, Jesus proved he was God by the miracles he performed, by by the you know the um, raising people from the dead, by rising from the dead after being crucified, which validated what the prophets said would happen. So he validated and people saw it. So I go with the guy who physically rose from the dead. But I can do that. But you say you that, but Mm -hmm. you give me proof. I'm telling you, I did it. I'm God, and I'm telling you I did it. That's your proof. Give me the evidence. That's the evidence. Well, how see, is your, I, I can't how, accept that. Well, how is but, your evidence more reliable than my evidence? Because I've got eyewitnesses that have been cross-examined. So eyewitnesses not by me. are better but, than a God telling you something. Well, God told us. He, he told us. Jesus said. But I'm a God said, telling you. But, but see, you don't have the witnesses to validate that you really rose from the dead. My point is, is that I'm giving a claim— that I am a God. Spoiler alert, I'm not a God. Yeah. But I'm claiming that I am. Claiming to be a God. And I'm still trying to understand how we can distinguish the truth value between my claim that I'm a God versus your claim so we could help a third person know what is true and real. Maybe I'm not being clear, but I think a claim can be it's backed up by evidence. And if you don't have clear evidence, Jesus has clear evidence. I think you do need to, you, you go and you look at the, the um, consistency of the number of manuscripts we have, the closeness to where the, um, it, it didn't have time to be embellished. In other words, it was written to where people were still alive that could said, no, he didn't do that. But it was written, the, the New Testament was written so close to the events that happened that you, you have that evidence 
And so you can go with the claim that Jesus be, said that he was God versus you being God, because I have no evidence. So someone who's trying to make that decision, I'd say, look at the evidence. But wouldn't the evidence of a God saying that God is a God on its face I, I, would it, be to more me it powerful be than... But I'm trying to understand how is evidence of people saying things well, more again, powerful than a God saying it's, things? It's a conjunction. Yeah, I mean, it, it, um, if Jesus never said what he said and he never did what he did, then, I mean, anybody can... I mean, look what they've done to Muhammad. Muslims have elevated Muhammad, and there are a lot of things, when you really look in the life of Muhammad, you think, man, this is, this is, this is not a guy you want to follow. I mean, he owns slaves. Jesus never owned slaves. He said we, he came to set us free from being slaves. Um, but, but, that, that, but what I'm saying is, understand that a lot of people, and I, let's say, we're, well, we got 7.7 billion people on the earth, and all of us in their own way kind of view themselves as God. And Jesus is saying, no, I have proved I'm God, and I can, and that God complex is what got you in trouble in the first place, and that's why you're still struggling with, you know, um, you know, lying and stealing and immorality and, and hatred and racism and all that, because you're still wanting to be your own God. What if someone said that about Jesus, that Jesus was a person and he had a God complex and, and he, his problem was that he was a person who thought he was a God. Well, again, I would say the evidence backs Jesus up because for centuries, God had supernaturally communicated that the Messiah was going to come from the tribe of Abraham, from David, from Judah, from David, you know, in a very specific time period, according to Daniel, and he was going to be born in Bethlehem, that on, on, and Isaiah kind of even talked about how, you know, that God was going to give us a son and this son would be mighty God. And then he was actually going to be pierced and, and sacrificed for our sins. But these and, are third party people. These are but validate with Jesus. Yeah, the third people. But again, when you look at the conjunction, it's one thing for you and me to claim we're God, but then Jesus, he did claim it, and he, he the scriptures backed it up, and not only the scriptures, but the people around him backed it up. So a matter is confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Like in a court of law, nobody is going to be really convicted by one testimony. But because, if, if a if a God was to in the, in the case of Jesus, would you trust more what Jesus tells you or what his followers tell you? Well, I trust Jesus. Then why won't you trust me? I'm telling you I'm a God. So what's the difference of if there's followers or not? Okay, because what Jesus said is validated by those other men and women. So and Jesus wouldn't be God if he didn't have the validation. No, no, oh, I didn't oh, say that. Okay, I, okay. I think you know, um, Jesus is God, whether he's validated or not. It's just God knows our heart. So what if we, I said I'm God, if I'm, whether anyone validates me or not? Pardon? I'm God, whether anyone validates me or not. Well, <laughs> the, you've got to make a decision. The decision has to be made. If a decision has to be made. What decision has to be if, made? Are you God? Should I, you know, I mean, should I worship you? Should I follow you? And I know, yeah, spoiler alert, you're not God. I'm not saying that. But again, Jesus is God. We've put our faith in ourselves 
and to transfer that faith from ourselves to Jesus, God knows our heart. And so he works with others to validate so that we would have evidence to put our faith in Jesus. That's why he gave us the testimonies of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the first century. Well, where do you stand? I, you know, uh, as far as, I mean, what, what, what do you believe about God and Jesus? And Well, in a general sense, uh-huh. and the reason why I do this show uh-huh. is I want to believe in true things, as many true things as possible, mm-hmm. and I want to not believe in as many false things as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jesus, do you believe he's God? No, I don't. You don't? Mm-hmm. And what do you base that on? I think that for a claim of God, mm-hmm. that's an extraordinary claim. Yes. And with an extraordinary claim, you would need an extraordinary level of evidence to support mm-hmm. that claim. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I, I, this is something that kind of um, stirred my heart mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really came down to this statistician called David Stoner. Um, he did a calculation of, if one man just made eight prophecies about the Messiah, the likelihood of that one person meeting just eight was one to 10 to the 17th power. Now, that idea is, I don't figure that number out. I don't know what that number is, but he gave this illustration. He didn't use silver dollars like Girl Scout Thin Mints. But if you filled up the state of Texas two feet high with Girl Scout Thin Mints, and you scraped the chocolate off one, and you threw it somewhere in Texas, and then blindfolded somebody, and he walked around Texas, and he picked up a Thin Mint, and the likelihood of that one Thin Mint being the scraped Thin Mint, that was the likelihood of one man meeting eight prophecies about the Messiah. But see, Jesus didn't meet eight prophecies about the Messiah from the Old Testament. He met, I mean, some people have calculated 300. I've only counted 80. But even that is an amazing amount of prophecies that Jesus met. So I would, I would Does, challenge you. And let, I'd love to come back and talk sure, some more. We can talk about but that. Yeah. Take some time to maybe look just from Genesis to Malachi and look at prophecies concerning the Messiah and see how Jesus met them. Okay. We can and, talk. I'd love to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Please, will you come back and we'll yeah. talk about yeah, that? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll I'd do love it. to. Uh, yeah. And this has been a, a great conversation. Hopefully, you weren't put out by my thought experiment. Uh, no, I'm still no, working no, on it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but this has been great, and uh, I hope uh, we see each other again. All right. Thanks again, Thanks. Mark. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week. You can't fake the funk.
Michael Funky. Enjoy funk. 